And we are back. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. And tonight, we're going to talk about tonight's game. Obviously, there are a lot of takeaways. But before I get to that, I just got to say, it's damn good to have some form of Cleveland Cavaliers basketball back. It really, really is. This summer, this offseason, we've had a lot of change. We've had a lot of new faces into the building. It's been... It's been a challenge at times to to just sit back and wait for this product to all come together. And I get it, man. This is preseason. It doesn't necessarily give us the biggest indicator of, uh, you know, how things are going to play out because we didn't get to see Jared Allen. Uh, and the starters obviously only played the first half and <laughs> some amid some questionable play uh, from a few guys. But, man, tonight was a lot of good stuff, too. There really was. Uh, let's start with the obvious, shall we? Uh, you know, as I said, no Jared Allen tonight. Uh, we know that he's dealing with a bone bruise in his ankle, if I'm not mistaken, that should sideline him for a few weeks. Hopefully he's back for the start of the regular season. I don't see anything long-term going on with that, but we know that Isaac Okoro also dealt with a bone bruise in his knee towards the end of last season and held him out for about three weeks. And it honestly, and I know this is going to sound like an excuse, it made it made a quarrel's play a little off come the playoffs. But with that said, again, I'm hoping Jared Allen doesn't miss really any time at all. But again, I feel pretty confident in this group that we have. Um, but that said, you know, we got a small glimpse of Evan, uh, Evan Mobley at the five, which we've seen before. Um, but as of late, more and more people are calling for that to be kind of the, the place that the Cavs are ultimately heading in in regards to the center position uh, due to the spacing issues that this team faced last season. And I get it. I mean, eventually that does seem like the best possible outcome uh, for Evan and the team in general for their success. Um, if you can get a floor spacing element out of the center position, because as we all know, um, Jared Allen, as much as we love him, he's probably not going to be a threat to space the floor anytime soon, if at all, ever. Um, and that kind of all falls on the shoulders of Evan Mobley, who has showcased the ability to knock down the occasional triple. It's in his back. It's in his arsenal. But it's not necessarily something that we've seen with any amount of consistency tonight. Uh, but let's talk about what we saw. Um, honestly, I thought he performed very, very well. He probably was the best starter out there. Um, came in and, you know, grabbed some some very nice boards out there, especially of the offensive variety. It was nice to see him go out there and uh, make some plays and, you know, not be not be afraid to get physical down low and go up and grab some boards. And uh, this is probably going to sound a little bit uh, over uh, overkillish, but I, I truly believe that the addition of Tristan Thompson has done wonders for this group. Um, in regards to kind of pushing them to, to 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 go after loose boards and just be aggressive and and just bringing the best out of these guys in practice and you honestly I felt like you saw that out of the bigs tonight and um, Evan Mobley and Damian Jones who we'll talk about here in a little bit but Mobley again ten points nine pretty nice boards uh, three six in the field and four or five from the free throw line which is nice to see him kind of get in there and draw some contact. Uh, which is something that I feel like he could excel at if he chose to do so. And I know that the added muscle that he put on, I believe at Cadiff's media day, he stated that he gained somewhere around seven pounds of muscle. Definitely looks like, it. Um, you know, 
he, he may not ever be as uh, as bulky now as Giannis is. If you guys will remember when Giannis came into the league, he was he was a wire. <laughs> he was a very wiry dude. Um, I don't think Evan Mobley will ever make that type of transition from a physique standpoint, but you can clearly tell that there has been some added muscle, um, and it, it appears to be paying off. Had a block tonight. Played very well in that first half. You know, again, only played 16 minutes tonight in that first half, but I felt like he was the best starter out there. Uh, Sands Donovan Mitchell, um, who was who was okay tonight, 10 points, three boards, two assists, four and nine from the field, shot one of four from three-point range. At all, he garnered three steals. Um, Donovan Mitchell, you know, since he's come to Cleveland, he's actually been a pretty underrated defender. And, you know, I know that that was a big – I believe that that was a big point of his game coming out of college, but it just hasn't necessarily transitioned to the NBA at all times. Uh, but JB, you know, as he has often done with some of these guys, he's able to get the best defensive efforts out of them once they come into the building. And Donovan Mitchell, he continues to showcase that he has the ability to be effective on that end of the floor, whether it be picking pockets as we saw him do that and uh, head towards transition for a dunk out there. Um, or, you know, straight up point of attack defense. He is capable of doing it. Um, is he going to do it at the level of, say, an Isaac Okoro, uh, somebody out there like that? No, but I truly believe that he can be impactful on that ha- uh, on, on that half of the uh, basketball. But it remains to be seen whether or not he can do that uh, for a full season's worth of games. Elsewhere in the starting lineup, uh, Darius Garland <laughs> did not have the best outing and in what has become kind of a, a reoccurring element uh, in preseason play. Darius Garland just does not do well. I don't know if any of you guys have noticed that in previous preseasons, but it just kind of seems like Darius Garland gets off of two notoriously slow starts in preseason action. Uh, just, I believe, one of 10 from the field tonight and just Looks like his shot was kind of flat tonight. Um, I do not expect that to be worrisome. I do I, I don't expect that to carry over into the regular season because we've seen this out of Darius in the past. Uh, but you know, even on a night where he struggled, it was nice to see that other people were out there picking him up. And you know, we talk about the 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 perimeter spacing that players like Max Struess and George's Niang or are able to provide, um, you know, they showed just how much they're able to do that early on, uh, both knocking down triples throughout. Um, it was really honestly a wonderful sight to see for a team that struggled. And I mean, absolutely struggled to put perimeter spacing around the backcourt duo of Garland and Mitchell. Um, as we all know, and maybe this is the first time you guys are hearing this, but the trio of Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, guess what? Those guys only combined for a combined total of 85 triples last season. That is not going to cut it uh, when you're talking about spacing. And that's why you go out and acquire a player like Max Struess who can go out there and at the very least generate a ton of gravity um, only shot 35% from three-point range last season, but the quality of shots that he was taking, man, the opponents had to pay attention to him out on the corners or at the top of the key, um, you know, top of the arc. The guy is absolutely money if you leave him open. 
that is somebody that defenses will finally have to account for uh, at the starting small forward position. Um, again, the trio of Jarrett, Evan, and Okoro accounted for just 70, well, just 85 total triples last season. Um, so I'm very, very excited to see what a full season's worth of Max Struess can bring to the table. Uh, but let's talk about some of these other pieces, man. Um, I know it's only preseason, but you guys are going to have to forgive me for this. Uh, you know, if I just take a, a small victory lap because it's just game one of the preseason. But Jesus, Isaac Okoro, man, that dude was phenomenal tonight. He did a little bit of everything on that court uh, on his way to 19 points, two rebounds, three assists, a steal. And the best part, honestly, he went six of eight from the field, including two of four from three point range. And if we all know, you know, here's the thing right here. Isaac Okoro is sandwiched in between Darius Garland, who is for, who is just morphed into an all-star level talent uh, since he's been drafted. And then uh, Evan Mobley, who came right after him in the following draft. That's a tough place to be sandwiched in, in, in terms of expectations when you're a lottery pick. And look, we know that the 2020 draft, just a shady draft, not one for the ages, um, hampered heavily by COVID and the pandemic overall and in, in regards to scouting and being able to evaluate some of the talent that was available uh, in the whole draft. And Isaac, you know, he may never, and I have no problem saying this because I've let it go and I encourage everybody out there to do the same. I have let go of the draft positioning. Yes, he was drafted fifth overall, but who gives a fuck? I mean, seriously, who cares? It's, you know, we're years away now. It was a weird draft. Isaac is still just 22 years old, and there's still all the time in the world for this guy to morph into exactly what the Cavs need him to be, which is a three and D wing. Do I ever believe that he's going to be on the level of a Mobley or a or Garland? No, I do not. I don't think he has the level of ceiling that those two have, especially Mobley. But I do believe that there is a big time that he can play a big time role here as a contributor off the bench. Um, and, and to me, tonight was just great to see. He handled the ball. He brought the ball up the court. He attacked closeouts. Uh, he attacked in transition, which is something that I know a lot of us have been clamoring for, um, especially if the Cavs do truly um, expect or intend rather to speed up the pace because they, it, you know, as we all know, the Cavs finished with the the last pace in the league, the slowest pace in the league last season. Just, just slow basketball that does not favor guys like Okora or, you know, even last season players like Jetty Osman or Lamar Stevens, who's now with Boston Celtics. Jesus, fuck Boston. But uh, <laughs> Isaac is going to thrive this season with the added spacing around him. It was really nice to see him get the opportunity to, to handle the rock tonight. And he probably should have finished with around six or seven assists off of some of the dimes that he was giving guys that just missed shots. Uh, you know, it's just one of these things where obviously it's the preseason. So you have to take it with a massive grain of salt. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for, for taking this small victory lap. I don't care, man. It's, you know, it's just good to see the guy go out there and just play basketball. Because I think one of the biggest things that 
we've seen from him is that when he plays with a high level of confidence, um, he can be genuinely impactful and not just in, not just on the defensive end, as we have often seen him be being one of the better perimeter defenders in the NBA, but he can also be very impactful as an offensive talent, whether that be, you know, even if he's just standing in the corners and waiting for a catch and shoot triple opportunity, even if it's something like that, just take the shot confidently or attack the closeout confidently play confident basketball. And I think he did that tonight. And I, I want to, I want to say that that was probably a big emphasis of this off season for him is just playing confident, playing your brand of basketball. And one of the quotes that we saw prior to this game tonight from JB Bickerstaff was, you know, whatever you do, just go out there and play Cavaliers basketball. And I absolutely love that because I feel like Isaac Okora went out there and he did that. He just played to his strengths. We know that he is phenomenal out in transition. We know that he can knock the three ball down. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Mac, you know, nobody's guarding him out there. Of course, he should knock them down. Well, well, yeah, of course. But I don't care, you know. The way to get defenses to respect you from the perimeter out on the arc is to continue to knock down these shots. And the more and more that Isaac does this, the more and more that defenses will have to account for him out there. And I think the biggest thing for him is just going to be the volume. And I think we all understand. Let's not be naive here. We all understand that the additions of Max Struess, the additions of George Niang, um, even guys like Amani Bates who may eventually – you know, be battling for minutes uh, at Isaac's position. Um, That is going to put kind of a damper on the amount of attempts that are going to be available to Isaac. But when he has them, he has to be confident in being able to pull the trigger. And again, tonight was a big step forward in terms of uh, terms of his confidence. Um, You can clearly see that the skill is there. The talent is there. All that's left for Isaac to do is just to, perform confidently consistently we need to see the consistency from him Um, it remains to be seen what his role is going to be on this team long term um, whether or not he's going to be a staple in the rotation for years to come but this season can go a long way in determining that if he's able to go out there and and give them uh, somewhere around eight nine ten points off the bench knocking down two three triples a night I can accept that. Um, obviously, I want more than that. But if he's doing that and he's doing that with high efficiency and he's playing his, you know, still elite brand of perimeter defense, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay because that is a step in the right direction. We got to remember this kid is only 22 years old. That's the same age as Evan Mobley. Very, very, very young, and still a lot of time and development that should still be in there. Um, he's still got a lot that can be brought out on his way to perhaps eventually becoming one of the league's elite three and D uh, wings out there. And that's where I hope this is all trending, but Isaac was not the only player to go out there and play some damn basketball. Uh, You know, you got to see a lot of guys out there doing work. Uh, Let's talk about Amani Bates for a minute, man. If you guys you follow me for a while or if you've been a subscriber to this YouTube channel, you know that I've been a big time believer in Amani Bates since day one. I put content out there about Cleveland drafting him. I'm glad they went out there and were able to get him at pick number 49 because I truly 
believe from the bottom of my heart that this kid could end up being the steal of the fucking draft. I think he is that talented. And we, we you know, I'm not going to speak on the, you know, some of the issues that kept him from going number, you know, in the, in the lottery range or at least in the first round. But what I will say is that he fell into a good spot. He can come in. He doesn't have to have the pressure of performing like some of those lottery picks do right off the bat. He can just come and soak up some minutes in the G League because I think the best thing for his development is going to be going out there and getting, you know, 30 plus minutes a night uh, with the Cleveland charge. And after tonight's game, obviously, there's going to be a lot of chatter of, well, Amani Bates is good enough to be on the big league roster. And you know what I say to that? I say, okay. Sure, but is he good enough to crack the rotation when fully healthy? I'm just not there yet. Um, you know, let's let's slow the roll. Let's slow the roll on that a bit. Let me cool that off. Um, I will start off by saying this: Amani Bates was absolutely phenomenal tonight. Ten points, two rebounds, four seven from the field, two of five from three point range. But here, if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this. Uh, from this reaction video tonight is not necessarily the fact of the stats. I want you to ignore the points. I want you to ignore the field goal percentage. What I want you to take stock of is the confidence, the confidence that Amani Bates had to go out there and pull the damn trigger. Things that we talk about with Isaac Okoro, be confident, be consistent. Don't be afraid of the moment. Amani Bates has that. It's innate. It's built in. And it's something that he has always had. He is a shooter, a born shooter, and he will shoot the damn ball if he feels comfortable. Even if you have two, three guys defending him in his face, he will pull that trigger. It's very, very J.R. Smithian if I don't, you know, you know, um, if I don't say so myself. But it was very, very nice to see a young fellow like that because I believe Bates is only 19 years of age. And that just makes me feel old. I know I have older people who are subscribed to this channel. I'm 30 years old myself, and that's not necessarily old, but 19 years old, that's uh, that's a big difference. (laughs) And this kid, uh, and I feel qualified to say that again, uh, this kid came out there from the jump and just showcased an immediate ability to take over the moment. Um, And I think that's big time. And I think that's going to translate to the NBA level. That, my friends, is a star level quality. Now, don't get me wrong. It can get you into some trouble. It, it can get you into some hot water. It can put you in the doghouse, uh, especially, you know, we know JB. We know that he don't play that shit. But after experiencing the perimeter woes that we did last season, I got to say, man, I, I really, really hope this kid is up with the big league squad sooner rather than later because I definitely feel that he has the skill set. It's just going to come down to opportunity because there is a lot of mouths to feed in the rotation right now, and there's a lot of players that he has to outplay in order to do that. When you're talking about the, the, the rotation right now, we obviously have our starting five set. It's Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Drews, presumably, who, who started the game tonight, um, you know, at the power forward position of all things uh, since Jarrett was out. But those three, and then you have obviously Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Your sixth man, when healthy, is presumably Karis LeVert. George Niang is going to get his time. That's seven. You know, then you start looking at Isaac Okoro, who, you know, 
who can line up anywhere from six through eight right there. So those eight players will play on any given night. They will probably be the most likely to be in the rotation. That ninth and 10th spot, that's where things get dicey. That's where shit gets dicey because you you saw Ty Jerome, who we probably should talk about here a little bit, um, play very well. And I think that he could be a uh, a sleeper. He could be a sleeper for heavy rotation minutes, um, especially if Ricky Rubio is truly done. And we just don't know enough about that whole situation. Um, you know, we wish him the best. Hopefully he's, uh, he's doing well in his mental health uh, and his journey with that. But Ty Jerome, that's another player who is presumably ahead of Amani Bates in the order. That's nine people right there. You talk about Dean Wade, who came out and gave some pretty good minutes tonight, um, looking finally healthy. Because, I mean, I think one of the biggest concerns we had last uh, in in this last playoff series against the Knicks was that, well, shit, Dean Wade got played off the court. He just didn't look like himself, didn't give good minutes at all, and got pulled very early. And that left us going small. Um, so Dean Wade's out there. Then you got to factor in the fact that the Cavs don't necessarily have a bona fide option at the backup center outside of Damian Jones. And kill me for saying this, you know, Tristan Thompson, who we'll talk about here in a minute, um, that's not necessarily a guy that you want out there every single night. You want him as an emergency option. You want him out there pushing these guys uh being a bruiser, being an enforcer out there, maybe a little bit of a change of pace if you need a guy and come out there and you know grab some some offensive rebounds. But um, Damian Jones is is probably the Cavs' most likely option at that backup five position, and he did not disappoint tonight. Um, you know, eight point six boards out there off the bench in twenty minutes or so, and had two nice blocks, but. That just goes to show, I say all this to say that there are a lot of mounts to feed to circle back here to uh, Amani Bates. There are a lot of mounts to feed before Bates can really have his turn, and um, I think he's going to have to kind of wait it out. But that's not a bad thing. I don't know why certain people believe that Amani Bates playing some minutes in the G League to start out his career is a bad thing because we've seen it help players in the past in honing their skill sets or just biding their time until they have an opportunity. And I think the case is not really going to be any different for Armani, uh, but we're going to have to see tonight was a great start. Um, he, he looked ready for the moment. Didn't appear frazzled or, you know, were nervous at all. You could just tell that this is where this dude belongs. This kid, he's an NBA player. And for, for anybody out there who believe that this, that this guy does not have NBA caliber talent, I don't know what the hell you're watching because this kid can play. He belongs in the NBA, and you can tell. You can just, you could tell at Summer League, but if it wasn't clear then, I'm, I, I really hope that shit is cleared now. We're going to have to see how he progresses throughout this, this preseason and as the regular season wears on, but I have a ton of confidence in this kid. And I, I really, really hope he gets an opportunity sooner rather than later. Um, you know, some of the other uh, additions that we made over this offseason did get to, you know, see some time out there. We we got to see uh, Craig Porter Jr., who unleashed a very nice dunk, um, showing no fear. And I remain 
uh, I remain very, very amazed at just the the level of athleticism that this dude has, uh, being as uh, as short as he is at six two. And I, I know that kind of sounds like a slight because I'm I'm six foot even. Craig Porter Jr. is obviously taller than me, uh, but you just don't necessarily see point guards of his stature out there throwing down jams like that in uh, you know while being contested. It's something that we saw a lot of in in summer league action, and it wasn't any different tonight. So it was very cool to see, uh, um, uh, not Amani Bates, but Craig Porter Jr. go out there and showcase some of the athleticism. Uh, we saw Zaire, uh, Zaire Smith, I believe, and I, I'm not a huge believer in his game. I don't think we're really going to see a ton of him. Didn't get to see any Pete Nance tonight. I was a little... Uh, little bothered by that, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then, obviously, Sam Merrill, he was out there contributing. Only two of nine from the field, but I don't buy into that a ton um, because he pulls the trigger, right? We saw that, that the dude can shoot, obviously, at Summer League, and we've seen what he's been able to do in the past in the G League with the charge being, one of, I believe, one of the top 20 shooters in the G League last season, uh, but didn't shoot particularly too well tonight. I don't put a lot of stock in that, but it was really nice to see him willing to pull that trigger because he didn't have a lot of that last season off the bench. Um, Sharif Cooper, um, it's tough, man, because you, you look at the stat line here, two points, four rebounds, six assists, and you know playmaking was was in his skill set coming out of college, but he just hasn't really had an opportunity at the NBA level, like a real opportunity. And suffice to say this, but... I don't think he'll get a real opportunity with the with the Cavaliers either. Um, I, I truly hope that his – and this is what I think this is. I think this is basically an audition for other teams for him because you're just in a stacked ro- rotation or a stacked roster when it, in terms of guard play. You have Darius Garland. You have Donovan Mitchell who's capable of playing point guard. You have Karis LeVert who can damn near play three, four positions out there. Um, you know, Ty Jerome – is now on the on the roster and likely to be in the rotation at some level. That's four guys already already right there. And then you talk about Isaac Okoro, who is going to be seeing minutes at the guard at at least the two, um, you know, at points. There's just no real room, and that's without factoring in Ricky Rubio. Again, there's no real room for Sharif Cooper, and that does kind of suck. But I'm hoping that he plays well enough to earn an opportunity with another team. Um, a real opportunity, not just the G League, because I feel like he's better than the G League. And I know, I know a lot of people have made this kind of remark about him in the past that he is good enough to be he, – he is better than the G League, but not quite good enough to be in the NBA. And I know that a lot of players have actually found themselves in that same type of situation or scenario. I hope that does not end up being the case for Cooper, um, you know, but – if it is, he can obviously still carve out a very nice career either overseas or in the G League. Um, but again, I say all that to say I hope Cooper is able to garner some type of opportunity off of his preseason action. Uh, remains to be seen. Um, another face out there that I was very, very happy to see, I already mentioned his name earlier, Tristan Thompson, back like he never left. <laughs> immediately comes in and makes an impact on the boards, grabbing an offensive rebound, generating another possession. Um, those of you who have been longtime Cavalier fans, 
at least since the 2011 season where, you know, Thompson entered the NBA alongside Kyrie Irving. Thompson was the number four pick in that draft. Um, I, I'll say this. Tristan Thompson was my one of probably my favorite player, uh, you know, of that era uh, in terms of just the, the ability to go out there and be an Iron Man, not be afraid to go out there and get physical, um, uh, just play his role. Because I think nowadays everybody obviously wants to be a star. Everybody wants to do this or that. Tristan Thompson never made any bones about that. He just went out there and did what the Cavs needed him to do. That's play defense, grab some boards, and run the floor, catch some lobs. He never truly shied away from when he was needed. And I love that about him. He performed probably better than Kevin Love in some of the finals runs that we had. Um, And he's a very underrated part of the Cleveland Cavaliers history. Um, Don't know if I'll ever have his jersey retired. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I am very glad to see that dude back in town because he's at 32. I believe he still has some stuff left in the tank. He can still contribute. So, um, it was a long time coming, man. Um, I, I'm glad that he'll hopefully be able to finish his career here. And he he gave us, yes, 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 came into, for those of you who are wondering what I'm commenting on right now, John Vaughn in the comments, Double T came into the league shooting left-handed and switched a couple years in. Yes, that was very wild. It's something that you don't often see. I believe he was one of the first uh, in his position at center, power forward, uh, to do that. And it's something that they talked about a lot at the time. And he's been able to carve out a very impactful career as I believe he now he's had, I believe he's amassed eight seasons in the top 20 in offensive rebounds. As we, we all know, that's his calling card, being able to go out there and, and sky for an offensive board. He just, he's got one of the motors that just run and run and run. And I know that that's been kind of like a, um, a recurring element for this team, especially in regards to the bigs. Um, you can't teach that. You, you, you can't. You either have it or you don't. It remains to be seen if Evan Mobley has that same type of want, willingness, or motor to do so. It remains to be seen if Jared Allen has that either. Um, and that's no slight against them, but everybody just doesn't have the same type of motor that a guy like Tristan Thompson has, and that's what made him so special. Um, just going out there. And, and now that he's kind of playing uh, a different role in the backseat and providing some veteran leadership and able to push these guys in practice to the best of their abilities, hopefully, and just being, you know, a jovial dude going out there and lightening things up uh, when, when the situation calls. That's something that's big time. And I, I applaud Kobe Altman for his decision to bring Tristan Thompson back into the fold because, you know, you could have done my – much worse with your 14th man. <laughs> you could have done, you could have gone in a lot of different routes. And, you know, we all were calling for different names, whether it be John Wall or, you know, Boogie Cousins, players like that. But I am, I am stoked that they brought Tristan Thompson into the fold. Um, do I think that he's going to be an every night contributor? No, I don't want him to be, obviously. Um, there's just too many mouths to feed, and you want to see the continued development of guys like Evan Mobley. Uh, but he's a valuable addition, and he showed just how impactful he could be tonight. 
Um, as the preseason rolls on, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll continue to see more and more of these things play out, whether it be the shooting and spacing element that Struess and Niang add to this rotation, whether it be the the valuable addition of Damian Jones um, at the back of five, who, you know, he's been in this league a couple of years now, but hasn't necessarily had the opportunity to just stick in one place for too long and carve out a meaningful role last season. I believe he bounced between LA and Utah, but you know, I, I see a real opportunity for Jones to, to immediately step in and, and give the Cavs some good minutes at that backup five position, whether that be 10 to 15 nights or whenever they want to go just matchup dependent, because it won't be every night that Jones sees the court either um, ideally, but um, to know that you have an option out there that's capable of giving you at least more than Robin Lopez or, you know, Ed Davis has in the past, um, it's, that's big time to me. And that's that's going to be a valuable addition as the season wears on because we know, God forbid, that this, this team experience any more injuries over this, you know, upcoming 2023-24 season as we've seen in the past um, just with some – poor injury luck at inopportune times. Um, so hopefully we don't go through that, but if we do, we know that we do have some solid depth here. And I think that that, in my opinion, is the biggest thing uh, that this Cavs team can finally say is that, Hey, we're no longer playing with just six or seven primary guys. We actually have fucking depth now. And it feels good to say that. Um, Last season, you couldn't because you really just had six, seven guys going out there and contributing, and that obviously played out in the postseason. In that Knicks series, you saw that. You saw what playing 38, 39 minutes a night in the regular season can do to you and then having to do that again in the playoffs. Um, So I'm just overall very, very happy about the amount of depth that we have now. And I feel like we're going to see more and more glimpses of that as the season wears on, as Cavs blow people out. You get to see players like Imani Bates or Damian Jones or Isaiah Mobley go out there and give you some minutes. And that's big time. Um, You know, that's about it. That's all I have for tonight. It was just one game. Um, But that is, that's enough for me. I'm glad that this shit is back. I'm glad that we can finally come back on here and talk Cavs basketball. We know how stale the offseason can get in in regards to um, basketball in general, right? Um, And it just makes me feel good that we can come back on here and and talk some Cavs basketball. With that said, you guys know how to reach me if you want to at Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I will send you an invite personally. That said, go Cavs and have a good night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.